Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. Today is a bit of an exercise in reading comprehension because we're going to read through an entire chapter. That's right, an entire chapter of scripture. And I'm going to break it down. Because never before has it been more obvious to me that we pick and choose in Scripture. And sometimes, you know, we have those parts, those verses that we commit to memory. And the word is good, right? Whatever we can hide in our hearts, you know, it's good. It's going to benefit us. But there's something about looking at things in context and then you figure out what's been missing. Sometimes there's some pieces, some puzzle pieces. We don't realize it because that piece looks real good by itself. But when we put it all together, oh my goodness. Oh, we learn something. We, we, we are conscious of something. We walk into another level of understanding and knowledge and revelation in him. So we're going to read and take apart verse by verse, Proverbs 31 line by line, to really understand the wisdom of a mother. Let us pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we are so grateful for your love today. Thank you for all that you have done and for all that you are. For this day set aside to worship and honor you. And on this particular day, the opportunity to observe and honor our mothers. Thank you, Lord, for this time that we have together as we dive into your word to seek to understand. Lord, you said in all of your getting, get wisdom. That's what is written in the book. And God, we're here for that today. We are here for the wisdom. We're here to get it. God, I pray, Father, that the minds, the hearts, every listener, everyone watching today, everyone worshiping with us virtually today, that they are good ground for this word. Lord, that it will be planted, that it will take root, and God, that it will grow, that some will water, and that you will give the increase. We pray these things today in Jesus' mighty, matchless name. Amen. All right, well, let's get to it. We're just going to go ahead and dive right in to Proverbs 31 or Proverb, depending on how you want to look at it, because it's the book of Proverbs S. So we're looking at Proverb 31. Or if you're one of those people who when you say Proverbs, you mean the book of Proverbs, Proverbs 31. You can have it your way today. What can I say? All right. So here we go. I want you to find it and read it with me. Um, and I think it actually may be possibly on the screen. We don't know. We will, we will see. We will see what the man with the plan back here can do. Thank you, David. But it's Proverbs 31. You have a Bible or a device. Get it up and let's go through it. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. The sayings of King Lemuel contained this message, which his mother taught him. O my son, O son of my womb, O son of my vows, do not waste your strength on women, on those who ruin kings. It is not for kings, O Lemuel, to guzzle wine. Rulers should not crave alcohol, 
For if they drink, they may forget the law and not give justice to the oppressed. Alcohol is for the dying and wine is for those in bitter distress. Let them drink to forget their poverty and remember their troubles no more. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Ensure justice for those being crushed. Yes, speak up for the poor and helpless and see that they get justice. Who can find a virtuous and capable wife? She is more precious than rubies. Her husband can trust her and she will greatly enrich his life. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She finds wool and flax and busily spends it. She is like a merchant's ship, bringing her food from afar. She gets up before dawn to prepare breakfast for her household and plan the day's work for her servant girls. She goes to inspect a field and buys it. With her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She is energetic and strong, a hard worker. She makes sure her dealings are profitable. Her lamp burns late into the night. Her hands are busy spinning thread, her fingers twisting fiber. She extends a helping hand to the poor and her opens her arms to the needy. She has no fear of winter for her household, for everyone has warm clothes. She makes her own bedspreads. She dresses in fine linen and purple gowns. Her husband is well known at the city gates where he sits with the other civic leaders. She makes belted linen garments and sashes to sell to the merchants. She is clothed with strength and dignity and she laughs without fear of the future. When she speaks, her words are wise and she gives instructions with kindness. She carefully watches everything in her household and suffers nothing from laziness. Her children stand and bless her. Her husband praises her. There are many virtuous and capable women in the world, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty does not last, but a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. Reward her for all she has done. Let her deeds publicly declare her praise. And may the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word. Now, I almost said you may be seated, but I'm sure you're at home and you're not standing. You didn't stand to read the word. Somebody might be convicted by that. I don't know. Put in the comments if you plan to stand next week, next time you're asked to read the word. You know, it's all good. We know that you're honoring the Lord with your heart and that's what matters most, the posture of your heart. But we're going to go ahead and dig into this line by line. So let's go for it. So one, we talk about the fact that this was a saying of Lemuel that was passed down from his mother. So who was King Lemuel? We don't know. Not really. Scholars really haven't decided 
who it could be. It might be King Hezekiah, like a pseudonym or a pseudonym of King Solomon. It could even be an actual king named Lemuel who ruled over a region called Massa. Or it could be just a fictional king, and this just could this entire passage could just be a creative poem. We don't really know if King Lemuel existed or who he stands for. But what we know is that the name Lemuel literally translates to belonging to God or devoted to God. For the sake of this passage, king could probably mean any man or leader, any real person. Um, I mean, any person, really, anybody who is called to leadership of people. Um, and scripturally, we know that every individual who names Christ is referred to as a king, you know, as in Jesus, who's the king of kings and Lord of lords. Um, that's in First Timothy six and also in chapter 17 and 19 in the book of Revelations, Jesus with the title king of kings and Lord of lords. So we're little K kings, right? We have dominion. Each of us is called to royalty. According to 1 Peter 2 and 9, we're a royal priesthood, right? A chosen generation. So we could reason that we all are kings and can and should see each of us as the recipient of this mother's wisdom in Proverbs 31. However, we know that the specific context of this passage is clear. It's a mother's message for her son. Not just any son, but a king a monarch, a ruler, a leader, and from not just any mother, because she is the queen mother, <laughs> the mother of the monarch. Today's message is called Wise as a Mother, the, the Queen's Jewels. Let me say that again. Wise as a Mother, the Queen's Jewels. That's what we're going to talk about today, the Queen's Jewels. So when we talk about the queen or the queen mother, the Dowager, you know, those of us who were in Downton Abbey a few, into Downton Abbey a few years back, or, you know, like even those of us who pay attention to headlines and we know some, you know, specific recent events that came out of the monarchy in England led by Queen Elizabeth herself, who unfortunately recently became a widow. But we understand from recent news like that, that the crown is indeed heavy. It's a weight. And it could even be considered a bondage and a burden. But even in all of that, it's a great honor and a great duty for a ruler who rules well. So a woman who is the mother of a king, a woman who marries into a royal family like that and births a future king has a unique vantage point, right? So we can say that King Lemuel's mother knew some things. She had some wisdom to impart to him. She experienced life outside the castle and inside the castle. She knew something. She has been in the room where it happened. She's held in her arms the one who held an entire kingdom on, her, on his shoulders. She herself surely held duties and roles and responsibilities which would appear anywhere on the spectrum of leadership authority and support as a wife to the ultimate ruler in the land. So she knows some stuff and she's not to be dismissed or taken lightly. With life experience, wisdom and authority, she offers insight into not what she thinks, but what she knows so that she can ensure that her son will successfully rule and 
let's be honest, so that she will have a part in the legacy, that which she has given everything for, this son that she's saying in verse two, oh, my son, oh, my son of my womb, son of my vows. She's made some petitions. She's made some promises. She's made some sacrifices. There's something in this for her too, but not in a selfish way. She has asked for this child. She has made a vow to be who she needed to be as a mother to this child to make sure that he would be prepared in as much as she was responsible for that preparation for this great office. But when I see that, oh, son of my vows, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of another mother. It reminds me of Hannah. It reminds me of Hannah. In verse 11 of chapter one of 1 Samuel, Hannah made this vow. O Lord of heaven's armies, and I'm ringing from the New Living Translation, if you will look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then I will give him back to you. And it goes on. She devoted her son to God. And we remember with Hannah, she was without a child for so long and ridiculed by the other wife who had all these kids. And she was so sad and so just open before the Lord, um, praying in the temple to the point that Eli thought she was drunk because she wanted this baby so bad. That's a vow. She made a vow that, Lord, if you give me this child, I'll give him back to you and he will be yours for an entire lifetime. Now, I also see a little bit of a connection here because it reminds me of the fact that Lemuel, his name, right, is belonging to God, devoted to God. So if we think about Lemuel's mother, she had the vow, the son of her vows, the one she dedicated for the Lord's service, reigning as a king. She's talking to him. It's not just any son. This is the one she prayed for, the one she sacrificed for, the one she has herself made vows for. This is a weighty thing. And the next verse in verse three, she says, do not waste your strength on women. Now she goes from saying, you're the son of my vows, evoking, you know, even for me personally, this thought of Hannah, the thought of someone who really wanted a child so badly and wanted so badly um, for that child to live and thrive and grow and be successful, that kind of, woo. And then you go to, do not waste your strength on women. This is important. This is weighty. What she's sharing is like, look, she's gotten his attention by, look, this is who you are to me. This is who I am to you. And I want you to hear me. Don't waste your strength on women. What? On those who ruin kings is the next line of verse three, according to New Living Translation. But I like the way ESV says it. Uh, and other um, similar translations that you might know um, more, that you might be more familiar with. It says, do not give your strength to women, your ways to those who destroy kings. That your ways, ways, that, that Hebrew word, and I could be mispronouncing it, um, go and find out somewhere else how it's pronounced. It's spelled D-E-R-E-K, I think Derek or Derek. Um, but it literally means road, way, distance, journey, manner, Derek, way. Road, distance, listen, journey. I like to think of it as trajectory. Don't waste your strength on women or on those who would, or, or your ways, your trajectory, your journey 
to those who would destroy kings. So verse three, I think a lot of times we focus on the women part and we're thinking, well, she's warning him, you know, don't be going with these women. You know, don't waste your life. Don't waste your money. Don't waste your whatever on women or those who ruin kings. But those is not just women. It's anybody. So verse three is about relationships. Be careful who you get into relationships with. Let's keep going. Verse four, it is not for kings, O Lemuel, to guzzle wine. So we go from that thought to the next one. That it's not okay for you, O Lemuel, she uses his name. Let's plug it in. O one who belongs to God, to guzzle wine. Rulers should not crave alcohol. So she comes from, don't give your strength to women. Don't waste, excuse me. Do not waste your strength on women. It's important that we say waste here. Do not waste your strength on women. Your ways, don't give your ways to those who destroy kings. It is not for kings to guzzle wine. The context of this is, don't be going out here partying, partying with these women and with these people who just want to take from you and they're not serious about anything. They want to party. Verse five, for if they drink, they being rulers, if rulers drink, they may forget the law and not give justice to the oppressed. Now we can think about drink as being literal alcohol, which I know right here it is because she's saying it. But think about the other things that rulers can be drunk on. Power. Consumed with lust. Consumed with everything but the thing that they were put in office, or should I say born into a position of authority to do, to remember the law and to give justice to the oppressed. In other words, you, you, need to, you don't need to be out here being frivolous and going out here with just anybody, doing anything with just anybody, because you need to be sober-minded because you have a purpose. Verse six, alcohol is for the dying and wine for those in bitter distress. Verse seven, let them drink to forget their poverty and remember their troubles no more. The wise queen, queen mother is talking here about self-medicating people. Alcohol is not to be used. And in this case, it could be anything. It doesn't have to just be alcohol, but whatever it is that lets you depart from reality and gives you a momentary lapse in judgment or most really the, the whole point is so you don't feel anything. So you can't feel the sting of poverty. So you can't think about why you're upset or why you're hurting. People who are given to self-medication. Don't be like that. That is what that's for. It's not for you to party and just be irresponsible. But these spirits, <laughs> not spirit like spirit spirits but these drinks in this case this is for people who need soothing and they can't get peace anywhere else not for you you're the ruler you don't need to be trying to forget who you are and what you're doing because verse 8 you need to speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves Okay, I'm sorry, I, I'm, I'm trying not to get, y'all might not be getting as excited as I am because you don't know where I'm going, but come on. Can you see it all fitting together? Let us know in the comments, you see it. You, you say, I see it, I see it, I see it. 
So verses six and seven, he's saying, she's saying, excuse me, to her son, the queen mother is saying, look, this is the purpose for those things. Not for you to go and revel and, and, and have a good time and party. These things are for people who can't cope with life. But you need to stay sober so that you can, verse eight, speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves and ensure justice for those being crushed. Come on, somebody with me. Walk through this word and think about the headlines of late 2020, 2021, which really there's nothing new under the sun. I don't know about you, but it's a lot of people who have not been able to speak up for themselves. And I see it. There are a lot of people who are being crushed, who need justice insured. Where are the sober leaders? Where is the sober king? who will take seriously the call and the vow and the duty and do what's right by the people instead of going and buying everybody drinks in the club. Y'all don't hear me. It's still Mother's Day. Comment. You can comment somewhere. I want to say so bad, turn to your neighbor, but nobody's here but me and David. <laughs> but I want to say this. Comment or tell somebody in your house who's watching this with you, it's still Mother's Day. We're still here because this is the queen mother talking to the son the one devoted to God. Oh, come on, somebody. Verse nine, yes, speak up for the poor and helpless and see that they get justice. While they are out there drinking, son, you be the designated driver. You get everybody to the place they're supposed to go. That's your role, your call as a leader. Not to misuse your influence so that you can show everyone a good time. But mama said, you be the one trying to fix the issue. Don't be out here trying to be the issue. Fix the issue. This is what you're here for. These are your priorities. So she said all that in nine verses. The queen mother. The queen mother. That's what she said. Y'all following with me this morning? Are you still with me? It's still Mother's Day. So we're going to move on. Because then Proverbs 31, this is the part that a lot of people know really well. Now, I know that a lot of you, you know, we've, we've got at least, we've got a couple of social workers even in the congregation. So I know you, uh, my sister actually is also a social worker. Hey, Kiki, shout out to you if you are watching as well. Um, I know that you particularly love those two verses, speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, ensure justice, um, verses 8 and 9 of Proverbs 31. But most people don't pay attention to that part where King Lemuel's mother is setting us up really for the next part that everyone knows. Well, Courtney, no, they're two different things. I'm, I'm going to tell you, they, they may be. I, I am not a, a, an utmost authority on this. These may be two completely different thoughts, but what I'm showing you today is the same chapter. And I'm going to show you this mother's wisdom from this mother's wisdom, because mama is making a shift from telling him what he's supposed to be doing and, you know, shaking him, saying, look, you better be sober. You better be serious. You better take seriously what you've been born into and what you're called to do. Not for the sake of having a good time or misusing your power, but for helping people who need it. Then she shifts into, well, let me show you what kind of woman you need to come into your life so you can be focused on what you're called to do. Because just like you can find yourself or, or lose yourself in drink, you can lose yourself in the wrong relationships. Well, how do you say that, Courtney? How do we know this, Courtney? She started off in verse 3 before she went to the alcohol and the wine 
and reminding him of who he was, she said, do not waste your strength on women. So now she's setting us up in verse 10 to, to show you what, what kind of woman you do need to have with you in order to fulfill the call on your life. Oh, I'm talking good. The singles, are you singles? Are you in the house this morning? Throw some hearts, singles, if you're in the house this morning, because I'm on your street. I'm on your street. It's still Mother's Day. But mama makes a shift. The queen mother makes a shift after her introduction. And you may think she's changing the subject, but this is not a subject change, not as far as I can see. This is where she's giving him an answer to being able to accomplish what she set forth. What we know about Proverbs 10 and the rest of chapter 30, I'm sorry, Proverbs 31 verses 10 and the rest of, of Proverbs 31 is that it's an acrostic poem in Hebrew. So Courtney, what is an acrostic poem? An acrostic poem is one that starts with every letter of the alphabet. So why do they do that? Well, think about the things that we do. It's, it's, it's a memory device, right? It's a way so that someone can easily remember something that is important. I before E, except after C. I mean, well, that's a little bit different because it doesn't start with the letter. But it, it, that rhyming, I think that's what we do more in the English language. Now, we do have acronyms. Now, you know, some of y'all wear these acronyms out, okay? Because, you know, Jesse Jackson said, push, pray until something happens. And all of y'all went crazy back in the 80s. And there's an acronym for everything. And let me tell you, all of that ain't the Lord's will. I'm just, <laughs> everything does not deserve an acronym. Okay, I said it. It's still Mother's Day. We're going to keep moving. Didn't mean to step on anybody's toes. Name your organization something else. Name your movement something else. We don't need another acronym. But sometimes you do need an acronym. And that's kind of like, what, well, an acrostic poem isn't the same as that. But because kids know the letters of the alphabet or people know the letters of the alphabet, it's common knowledge. It's a way to remember what is important. And so she's applying this device to her poem. That's how important it is that he keeps it to memory, which is probably the reason why King Lemuel remembered it, because it was an acrostic poem. So she starts with verse 10. Who can find a virtuous woman? I'm sorry, in the translation I'm reading, New Living Translation, who can find a virtual, excuse me, virtual, who can find a virtual wife? That's another message. They trying it. But anyway, who can find a virtuous and capable wife? Oh, come on. I love this translation. Virtuous and capable. In other words, my son, King Lemuel, king devoted to God, king belonging to God. You need a virtuous and capable woman if you are going to ensure justice for the oppressed. Oh, come on, somebody. Let's keep going. You don't have to agree with me. But she says here, let's just keep going. Who can find a virtuous and capable wife? She is more precious than rubies. Why is this important? Well, let's think about verse 3. In contrast to verse 3, remember I told you that that don't waste, that waste is important? She said don't waste your strength on women. But in verse 10, we see that when you find a virtuous and capable wife, she is more precious than rubies. In other words, son, don't waste your strength, your money, your power, your time on just any woman. 
but invest well in one who is even worth more, who will bring you a good return on your investment. Give her the rubies and get more than that. Why? Because verse 11, her husband can trust her. Her husband can trust her and she will greatly enrich his life. Let me tell you something. When you are called to something, in this case with this specific king, if we're going in the context of the top part of Proverbs 31, speaking up for those who cannot speak for themselves, ensuring justice for those being crushed, speaking up for the poor and helpless, that's some hard work. That's some hard work, not being able to kind of go out there and have a good time like everybody else as much as you might like. You know what? You need somebody who's going to enrich your life. You need somebody who's going to pour into you. You got to choose the right one, honey. If you're going to do what you're supposed to do, you got to get yoked up with the right one. And not just the right one, but the, the, the one who is worth, who is, who is virtuous and capable not just virtuous, but capable. She's more precious than rubies. And then she goes on in verse 12. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. Now you're saying, okay, Courtney, you know, we've already established that this King Lemuel might not be real. I'm just going here because I hear the thoughts. I hear you. We've already established, you know, this might just be a nice little poem because this is a poem. Basically, she wrote a song. Want to hear it? Here it go. She wrote a song or a poem about what a, you know, a virtuous woman is, the Proverbs 31 woman. So maybe, you know, and, and I know that arguments have been out there, or not even, I shouldn't say arguments, but commentary, discussion, has been out there about, you know, this is something that's impossible to attain. This perfect woman doesn't exist, right? And, and I get all of that, and we'll get a little bit more into that later. But all the days of her life, she brings him good, not harm. That's a tall order. Now, I, I'm, I know I'm a virtuous woman by faith, and I make my boast in the Lord. But I'm pretty sure if I had PD right here, <laughs> does, does, does Courtney bring you good every day of your life? Not all day. <laughs> I have good moments and bad moments all day long. But for the most part, every day, I, I'm trying to do something good. Honey, I hope you receive it. But my point is, I am not perfect. No one is perfect. They're 24 hours in a day. So, yeah, it's possible to do some good, but not harm. Nobody's perfect, right? But mom here is, is, is laying it out. I think instead of it being something that is like this, this, you know, polarly, either you do good or you do harm, it's more of at the end of the day, if we can say it that way. She's bringing you good and not harm. She's for you, not against you. Because you don't have to worry about a woman whose heart is to do good even when she may miss it. You don't have to worry about a woman like that messing up your trajectory, ruining your kingdom, or abusing your people. And while you're fighting for the people, she's out here taking care of business. Verse 13, she finds wool and flax and busily spends it. She's like a merchant ship, bringing her food from afar. She gets up before dawn to prepare breakfast, and it goes on. She's doing all these things. She's inspecting fields and buying them, and then she's going back and investing her earnings in a vineyard. Come on, somebody. And if you know what a vineyard is, she's not just planting, and then we're not going to see more increase. Then they're making wine, and you know that's where the real money is. So again, 
yes, the queen was okay with making the wine and selling the wine, just, oh, king, you don't drink the wine. The wine is for those who need it. All right, so yeah, everything has its place and purpose, but you, you're called to more. You're gonna marry the woman who owns the vineyard and y'all are gonna make the wine, but you don't drink it because you need to be about your business. Okay, anyhow, she is, verse 17, she is energetic and strong, a hard worker. She makes sure her dealings are profitable. So a woman like this, my God, this is a lot to live up to, but I'm telling you what I know. Even in this church, we've got so many entrepreneurs in this church. And I want to say that every single one of them, besides David back there, all of the entrepreneurs are women besides you, aren't they, in this church? Just about, I know we've got some entrepreneurs in waiting who, you know, have ideas and things and they haven't been brought forth yet. But the entrepreneurs you see around here, for the most part, it's the women. And every one of them is a mother. So listen, this is not perfection we're talking about and observing in the queen mother's account of what a capable and virtuous woman is. But it's the, the point is she's about her business and she's too busy. Oh, oh, hey girl, you want to come over here and watch Instagram or, or watch TV all day or talk about people? Oh, no, I'm going to buy this field. I'm going over here. I'm getting on this ship. I'm going, you know, see about the produce over here. I'm going to buy some coffee in Ghana uh, <laughs> or Ethiopia. Girl, I'm going to Madagascar to get some vanilla. Come on. Okay. I, I wouldn't know about that. I wouldn't know about what y'all are talking about. But I love y'all. I'll see you later. Um, let me go get back to this report. I got to get to this ledger, money coming in. Not perfect, but focused. Not perfect, but devoted. Not perfect, but dedicated. Verse 21, she has no fear of winter for her household, for everyone has warm clothes. She's a provider. She's a provider. She's, making, she's a planner. She's a strategist. She's good with her hands. And in verse 23, it says, her husband is well known at the city gates where he sits with other civic leaders. He can go and do what he needs to do and he doesn't have to worry about her. Verse 25, this is what I wanted to get to. She is clothed with strength and dignity. So we talked about verse three, where the queen mother told Lemuel, look, don't, get, don't waste your strength on women. But the virtuous and capable woman is already clothed with strength. She came with her own strength. She ain't trying to come for yours. She's not trying to demasculate you. She's not trying to cut your hair off, Samson, Samson like Delilah did. She's got her own thing going on. She's not concerned about gaining riches by selling you out because she came with her own strength. You can trust her because she's honorable. She has some dignity. So don't waste your strength on a woman like that, but come over here and see what it looks like, what strength looks like on the woman you should be with. Verse 26, when she speaks, her words are wise and she gives instruction with, with kindness. A real boss is not trying to go after people and talk down on them. Her words are seasoned with grace. That's, that's what, you know, the queen mother, that's what she's saying. I'm just kind of translating from the queen mother. <laughs> she knows how to talk to people. She knows how to treat people. She's not going to be out here making you look like a hypocrite 
talking to people any kind of way when you're out here speaking up for people who can't speak for themselves. There's integrity in your relationship because she compliments you and she's standing for what you both believe. You gotta marry someone, son. This is what the queen mother is saying, if, if y'all let me translate. Son, my son of my womb, son of my vows. Marry someone who can pass on this wisdom I'm giving you to your own sons, because she knows how to give instructions with kindness. Marry someone wise enough to make decisions without you and on your behalf, because when she speaks, her words are wise. Marry someone who is so secure in herself and in her wisdom that she can be trustworthy as an authority figure and not a taskmaster when you have people working for you. Whether it's your kids, your employees, or even it's you when you're submitting yourselves one to another. Okay, so honey, when you got your thing, you know, I'll do what you need me to do. When I got my thing, I know I can count on you to do what I need you to do. And it's not a competition because we know how to talk to each other. This is still Mother's Day. It's still Mother's Day. Verse 27, she watches carefully everything in her household and suffers nothing from laziness. She's not missing out on anything because she doesn't want to work for it. She's not coming after your strength, son. So you, this is the kind of woman you need. Verse 28, because it's Mother's Day. Her children stand and bless her. Her husband praises her. So not only is the queen mother letting Lemuel know, you need to marry the white, right one, excuse me, you need to marry the right one, but you also need to treat her right. You need to model it so your kids can do it too. You need to recognize her for how bad she is. And when I say bad, I mean good, right? You need to recognize her. You need to praise her. You need to recognize the value she brings to the, the family. You need to recognize what she brings to the table. And you already know because you married right that she's going to also give honor to you because it just said what? That she knows how to talk to people. So, of course, she's not out here because she has some integrity. She's not out here treating other people better than she's treating you. Why? Because you are setting the standard, husband. You're praising her. You're celebrating her. Your children see it. They're celebrating her. They're standing up. When daddy says, mommy, you did a good job, the kids who do in excess what the parents do in moderation, they're jumping up shouting, yay, mommy. You know, some of you don't know this, but I am on a eight week um, challenge. Actually, um, the end of it is today. Today is the last day of the challenge. It's been eight weeks and Ashley has been with me. We haven't been in close contact every day, but I know, at least I know you better have stayed on the plan. And I have lost 22 pounds since March 15th. I give God the glory. I've got more to go. But I have gotten very serious. All the stuff that I've been talking for years, and those of you who know me know I've been talking about health and healing, wellness. It's a passion of mine. I've been talking the talk for years. And in seasons, I walk the walk. And in seasons, I'm not able to do it or walk as upright as I should. But those seasons, that yo-yo, that, you know, kind of committed here, kind of committed there because of the seasons of life. You know, I had a couple of babies. I had a couple of things in life kind of um, knocked me down, a couple of diagnoses right not diagnoses try to take me out of the game but right now I'm convinced nothing is stopping me I'm going full throttle full-heartedly after having the best life and the best body that I can have so that I can be fit to serve and fit to be here for my children 
Thank you, Lord. And I'm so grateful because Destin has been all in from day one. And sometimes I'll be working out and, um, and I want to also honor my husband too, because, you know, we started together, but he's doing it his way and I did it my way. Okay. That's all I'm going to say. And so he has basically allowed me to change the entire culture of the house. And it took some adjusting for everybody because I stopped eating certain things. So I wasn't interested in cooking some of the things that they might enjoy more than the healthy stuff all the time that I've been eating. But you know, he has been quietly supportive or he'll say things like, you know, don't um, don't do this because mommy's, you know, my mommy can't eat that. You know, he's been very good like that. But because of what he's doing, just being his caring, you know, um, wonderful self as a husband, Destin sees that. And when I'm working out, go, mommy, go, mommy. And, you know, tears just well up in my eyes as I'm down there doing those push ups and I'm down there doing those mountain climbers. I'm telling you, I ain't been just, you know, picking, you know, doing some Jane Fonda. Ain't nothing wrong with that either. I haven't been just doing some, you know, little workout videos. I've been going for it. I, I've been I've been doing push-ups. I started this challenge. I couldn't do one modified push-up. I couldn't even do a push-up on an incline. Now I'm just like, I would show you if the camera could show the angle. And I'm not just saying that. I would do it. But I'm not here to show off. It's still Mother's Day. But it is hard. And every day I didn't want to do it, but my child recognizes the push and the grind and how important it is to me. And he's always, go mommy, go mommy. And it just does my heart so good. That is the kind of woman, King Lemuel, that Queen Mother wants you to get with. Someone who you're not just praising just to coach her and make her feel better about herself. And there's nothing wrong with that, too, right? Because we do want to help each other when we need it. That's what being a, a partner, being partners in a marriage is all about, being able to lift up the other when the other is weak, you know, and, and you know, and filling in the gaps. That's what it's about. But listen, you, you're not going to go here out here and not have any integrity and praise somebody who's not doing anything either just for the sake of making them feel good. Get you someone capable and someone virtuous who's going to, who is going to earn that praise. You hear what I'm saying? Not that you shouldn't honor and, and, and love on her with your words, but marry the kind of woman that and she makes it easy. And you make sure that whatever, everything that she's successful at, that you recognize it and that those children see you do it and they stand and they bless her. They recognize it and they also bless her. And that word bless, it means that at some point in their life, they're also going to give back to her, that they're going to reward her for what she has done because she's just been that kind of mom. She's been that good. That's the kind of woman, Lemuel, queen mother wants you to marry. And this is how you will praise her. Verse 29, there are many virtuous and capable women in the world, but you surpass them all. Now, would that really be true? Maybe or maybe not. It's, you know, it's relative. So like some of this sounds too good to be true. Like, but what I know is that my husband will tell me, and I know it's not really true, but it is true. Oh, you're the most beautiful woman in the world to him. Right. He's not lying to me, even though I know we talk about, you know, there are women out here who are beautiful that, you know, there's all kinds of beautiful in this world. In this world of however many billion people. Beauty has so many different degrees 
you know, Miss Universe and all of that, you know, thank, you know, thankfully we have pageants that we can enjoy if people want to celebrate the beauty and the strength of being a woman. But you can't really say this is the most beautiful woman in the world or whatever, because one, you don't really know that. It's not like we're having a, 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 like, you know, one continuous pageant from the beginning of time of every woman whose face has every, you know, come up or whatever. It's not that kind of thing. But so understand this is that you can't look at Proverbs 31, this part of it, as being inattainable and unrealistic. Because to Dwayne Wright, I am the most beautiful woman in the world. I do surpass them all. Amen. Can I get an amen, David, to Shandi? She surpasses them all. Amen. Amen. So she goes on to say this. Charm is deceptive. Beauty does not last. Look, I'm trying my best. I'm working out. I'm looking for longevity. I don't think I look my age. Y'all can let me know in the comments. Don't I look good for how old I am? I'm not going to tell you right now. But you know I'm not ashamed, but I just don't want to distract anybody or draw attention to it. But beauty does not last. It does, but it doesn't. You get what I'm saying? Especially back then. But a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. Verse 31, reward her for all she has done. Let her deeds publicly declare her praise. So we've just gone through that. And, you know, I didn't like take it apart apart because we, we just, you know, we only have a certain amount of time. But I wanted you to see some things. I wanted you to see some things. One, this mother started out talking to her son in these sayings that he's recalling maybe some years later because they were important and, and you know, hopefully primarily because he followed them because it was wise counsel and instruction, he's recalling what she said to the point that, that when you look in the Bibles, the different Bibles, the title of, of that passage, when you go to the top of Proverbs 31, it will say the sayings of King Lemuel as told by his mother or someone to that effect. I like one translation says um, the inspired utterances or utterings of his mother, which I think is like that even takes it to a whole other level. Because, you know, you know, we we charismatic people. We talk about utterance. It just takes us to a whole other level. You know how we do. But these things that she passed down to him through the wisdom of instruction, they're now his sayings. He didn't just remember them. He's reciting them. He's sharing them with people. He's using it to train the people around him. He's using it to provide insight to also pass and share the same wisdom to them because it's been so impactful in his life. And likewise, as now part of the word of God, these sayings now should impact our lives. So what are our takeaways? What are the points? What should we know on this Mother Day, Mother's Day about the words and wise sayings from this queen mother? to her son, the king, who is devoted to God. What is the point? These are the jewels from the queen. This is advice and warnings, I believe, for people groomed for positions of power and authority. And as a believer in Christ, whatever your vocation is, whatever your level of influence is, we all have power and authority in Jesus Christ. So 
every one of us could listen to this, but specifically those who are naturally leading in some capacity and every man who considers himself to be a king. And you know, that's a lot, a lot of that going around. We kings and queens now, right? If you really believe that, you need to listen to this. So my first point is this. The first jewel from the queen is to listen to wisdom when wisdom is speaking. Listen to wisdom when wisdom is speaking. In this case, it's a mother with life experience and a vantage point who knew you before you knew yourself. Who knew what you were called to before you could understand it. But the voice of wisdom comes in many ways. The primary way is through the word of God. You need to listen to wisdom and you need to heed it. That's the first jewel from the queen. The second jewel, be wise and choose wisely when it comes to relationships. This is the whole point of this passage. She spends the whole time saying these sayings that he's recalling, King Lemuel, the one devoted to God, the king belonging to God. She's basically saying what you do and who you do it with will determine your influence and your impact. Let me say that again. What you do and who you do it with will determine your influence and your impact. And there's no getting around that. When it comes to relationships, whether it's a marital relationship or whether it's a friendship, a business relationship you're entering into, whoever you are allowing into your life, you need to be wise. You need to choose wisely because it, there's a direct correlation between who you're doing life with and what you do in life. Let me say that again. There is a direct correlation between who you do life with and what you do in life. You know, and, and I'm going to go here because it's still Mother's Day. And I think I'm blessing some mothers right now by going here. You can't just bring anybody home. You can't just marry anybody. Single, I'm talking to single people. I'm going to address married people later. You can't just marry anybody. You can't just be friends with anybody. You can't just do life with anybody. If you don't know yourself well enough to know what you're called to, you are not ready to start picking life partners or business partners because you don't know who you are and you don't know who you need. You have to choose wisely. I'm not fussing. I'm discussing because I care about you. If nobody ever said it, you need to choose wisely when you're choosing. Oh, we just, you know, he look good. He the right height. He wear the right clothes. He got the right bank account. So those things do matter. But there are priorities because when you're going out here looking for somebody, what are your real motives? Are you concerned about the kingdom that you've been called to rule and choosing the best partner for that? Or do you just want to be held? You just want to have some nice photos for Instagram. You just want to be able to pose. You just want to be able to not be alone. What is your motive for bringing people into your life? Do you even have a purpose? And there's nothing wrong with that. 
You know, God said in the beginning, it's not good for the man to be alone. Let me create somebody who is like him, not just the animals that I just brought to him to name, but let me create somebody that he can do life with. So that's a very real need to have companionship. I'm not diminishing that. What I'm saying is that when you choose a boo, you're choosing a future son-in-law for your mother. You're choosing the uncle of your nieces and nephews. You're choosing the one who might take on the family business. You're choosing the one who might inherit the ministry. You're choosing the one who was going to, come on somebody. You're not just choosing somebody that you look good on the arm of that can buy you the bags you want to carry. And if you have children already and you're single, you're choosing a parent for them. You can't just go anywhere with anybody doing anything. You've got so much to think about. There's a lot that is that, that matters, that is riding on your choices, and you have to choose wisely. Yes, I understand, young single person, you are grown enough to choose the woman you want to be with. We understand that. We get that. But let's not be sophomoric. You have a grown mother as well or someone in your life. Maybe mom isn't there. But do you have someone in your life that can speak into your life and say, look, this is what you need to be doing? Or even beyond what someone has said, do you have this, the word of God, active and hidden in your heart? And do you understand it enough to understand who you are and what you're called to? To pursue a relationship with somebody and, and you have to choose wisely. You can't choose wisely if you don't know who you are and what you're called to. And I understand that that changes. The person that you get with today and maybe ultimately decide to marry or unite in partnership, whatever y'all want to say, those of you, I'm talking to Christians today. So look, if, you, if you're going to spend life with somebody, you better be getting married. Let me just say that right now. This is for the Christians. Everybody else that's listening, you're welcome to hear this. You can govern yourself accordingly. But if you're submitted to this word of God, if you're a member of this house, if you're in relationship with a person, of the opposite sex, and it's going toward a lifetime commitment, you're getting married. You're going to marry them. You're not going to be wasting somebody's time. You're not just dating just to have a good time, right? We already established that. That's not for kings. It's not for kings. It's not for kings to be out here drinking and partying and being, uh, being you know, with not sober because you got to work to do. You know, yes, no, okay, does it sound like a lot of pressure? Does it sound like a lot to live up to? Maybe it does. But you know what I mean. There's a balance to everything. Know this. Know this about me. Anybody who spent a little bit of time with me, I love to laugh more than anybody. I love to have a good time. I love to have fun. But let me tell you something. I'm very serious about this calling. I'm very serious about certain things. I have tried it. I can't go and do what other people do. The weight of this crown is too heavy. I can't do what a lot of you probably can do, and it's not a problem. I can't do it. I, un I understand what I'm called to. It doesn't matter whether you're called to what I'm called to. What matters is that you know what you're called to, and you know what the limitations and the boundaries are, and you know who, you know yourself so well that you know who would compliment you, and that you're respectful enough and responsible enough to think about all parties involved, including your family. I will never understand why someone is willing to marry somebody that their people don't like. I don't understand it. Now look, 
if you're already there because you married and you didn't do it intentionally and all that, I, we got help for you coming. Wait, wait your turn. Don't you sit up there and beat yourself up because God is with you. We got the good news coming. It's going to set you free. But I'm talking to single people right now. Be wise and choose wisely regarding these marital relationships. If you are engaged right now, you're not married yet. You better ask God. You better get with God right now and figure out what it is that he wants you to do and what he's called you to. And if this person you're trying to yoke yourself up with is the person for you. Is it a match? Is it a match? Yes, I'm stepping on your toes right now. God sent me right now, right this moment on Mother's Day. You bought a bouquet to the house. You're just watching this sermon right now just to be nice because that's what she wants to do. But I'm talking to you. What are you doing with your life? Who are you connecting yourself with? Are you about to make a mistake? Or do you have peace and you know who you are, you know what you called to, you know that you don't, maybe you don't see the fullness of it yet, but you're heading in the right direction and you've made sure that this union is one that has a cloud of witnesses. Because if you got a cloud of booze, now let me tell you, let me back up. See, things can change. Before you get married, everybody can think that your spouse or spouse-to-be, fiance, whatever, is, you know, the greatest person on earth. And then you spend some time after the wedding and then things change and then they kind of, you know, they go back and forth, it goes up and down, you know. That, those are just dynamics, it happens. I'm talking about somebody who your people just can't stay. Everybody who knows you, who used to be able to say something to you before this person came along and you've only known 10 minutes and now nobody can speak into your life, nobody can say anything to you. Oh, you know, I, this is God and I just, something is wrong with that. And you need to see it. Choose wisely. And I don't want to just stay on these marital or premarital um, marriage bound relationships. I also want to talk about friendships, people you're associating with. Be wise. Choose wisely when it comes to relationships. Why? Because that's what good kings do, said the queen mother. Third jewel. So first jewel was listen to wisdom when wisdom is speaking. Second jewel is be wise and choose wisely when it comes to relationships. The third is be responsible. And we touched on this a little bit. Third jewel is be responsible. You can't just do whatever you want to do. You've got responsibilities. And if you don't have any responsibilities, you need to wait until you have some. You need to go and really ask God, what is it? Because look, if you're saying you don't have any responsibilities, you're missing something. Everybody, every adult, every, every person who's adult bound, pre-teen, young adult, heading toward that place, you've got responsibilities. So be responsible. Do what you're supposed to do. Handle every situation you go into with the responsibility of knowing that this is who I am. This is who I, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Either I can do that and it's just, you know, it's, it's, you know, I have a choice. I can do that and that's fine. Or maybe I don't need to be here or there because I have to be responsible. I've got to be someplace at a certain time. I've got to go to school. I can't just do everything, but what you've been given, be responsible with it. It's yours. God is giving you training ground to show your leadership, demonstrate your leadership, cultivate your leadership. You need to be responsible. Jewel number four, be sober so you can always hear from God and make good and fair decisions. 
This is the fourth jewel from the queen mother. Be sober so you can always hear from God and make good and fair decisions. Jewel number five, be an advocate for the poor, the helpless, and those who suffer injustice. Not many of us are actively doing that. Not many of us are actively doing that. Now I'm talking, you know, it, it can apply to everybody, but I'm specifically talking about people who have influence, people who are leaders. If you are not advocating for people in some way, shape or form, oh, well, that's not my ministry, that's not my vocation, that's not really what I do. Oh, but it is. In some way, no one else has to see it. You don't have to put a big picket sign or, or, or I mean, rather a sign in your front yard or put a cover on your social media channel saying what you did for somebody or how you're doing it. It's not their business, but it's your business to make sure that you're an advocate for the poor and the helpless and those who suffer injustice. When you have influence, it's your responsibility. If I can go back to the third jewel, it's just what you got to do. It's just right. It's just, just. Be an advocate for the poor, the helpless, and those who suffer injustice. If you're a king, if you are a king devoted to God. And the last jewel, jewel six. Remember that a good partnership between two people suited for power and authority is going to set you up for success. Remember that a good partnership is between two people or more, whatever, is between people suited for power and authority when you're a leader. So choose someone good for you. This is basically rehashing what we've already talked about. Choose someone who will not destroy you or hold you back from your calling and purpose and choose someone good for the entire family. Choose someone who can help you leave a legacy. See, we get stuck on all the virtues of this capable and virtuous woman, depending on who we are and what this passage has come to mean to us. But the point of Proverbs 31 is that it takes a village to build a kingdom. Thank God for the good king, Lemuel's father, unnamed and unmentioned in this passage, but who was able to attract a woman like the queen mother bring her to his family, bring her into his castle so that she could raise this son right so that he could choose their future daughter-in-law and keep their family legacy going for the sake of the kingdom and for the sake of the Lord. So you might say today, well, Courtney, I am not one of these singles that you've been hollering at, especially on that second point that you took a whole lot of time on compared to the other five jewels. I'm married or I'm in relationship, some kind of relationship, business, friendship. I didn't choose wisely. Wisely, I didn't know. I didn't know what to do. I, we've been married a long time. I didn't know how to do it. I didn't know how to go about it. I didn't know how to set us up for success. And I'm here. What are you saying? That I, don't, that I need to leave the marriage? That I need to leave the relationship? Well, one, no, I'm not telling anybody to leave their marriage because guess what? You're here now. And I'm, believe it or not, I'm not even really telling you to leave your friendship or your business partnership. I'm telling you to now, from this moment forward, be intentional and have wisdom and use these principles to figure out what you should do. So for, the, for specifically those who are in a marriage and maybe in the beginning, you know, you were just like I was saying to these young people, telling them not to be, you, were, you did what you wanted to do, 
because you had an agenda. You didn't think about your calling. You didn't think about God. You didn't think about anything but what you wanted in that moment. And you didn't listen to any instruction or feedback from anyone around you. And now you're here. Thank God for the cross. Thank God for Jesus. Thank God for redemption. We have a redeemer who lives, who's still redeeming. We serve a miracle working God. We serve a hallelujah. I'm trying not to get ahead of myself so I can get it out. The resurrection power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is alive in you. And through you, God can deliver your marriage from, be, from this place of brokenness to this place of praise that we're talking about where you are praising your wife and your children are praising her no, or, or, or even the other way around where maybe you didn't choose a good king. In fact, you didn't get a king at all. You, 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 you're just wondering, how did I end up here? Let me tell you a story about Jesus. Glory to God. Let me tell you about a miracle working God who is waiting for you to make yourself and your marriage and your heart available for a miracle, who is willing to and ready and able to demonstrate his power in your life. Tell somebody it's still Mother's Day. Put it in all caps in the comments. It's still Mother's Day. Some mother has been praying for her child. Some mother has been praying for herself. You're wondering, what have I done? Why am I here? What has happened? Let me tell you, the way of escape is not what you're thinking. You want to run out, but God is calling you to run in. He wants to work a miracle. He will you avail yourself. Maybe you didn't start out the right way. Maybe you got married and you weren't saved and now you are. And there's this, this other set of, of, of issues. And now you're walking into your house straight into persecution. Maybe you're unequally yoked now that you're walking with the Lord Jesus. I don't know what your situation is, but I know whatever it is, dry bones can live. Dead things can come back to life. God can renew and restore and revive. He can even create a new thing and do a new thing in your life. That's the God we serve. See, there is hope. If you didn't have anybody yelling at you on Facebook or yelling at you through YouTube when you were single, telling you to stop and think about what you were doing, now you have an opportunity an opportunity for once and for all to let the Lord be the Lord of your life, the Lord of your marriage, and let him do a new thing. Start a new chapter. Write a new book. You don't have to stay stuck in brokenness. You can be released to be the man or woman of God that you were called to be, and God can create a new relationship between two people who are yielded to the work of the Holy Spirit so that he can come and do what needs to be done in your heart so that your mind can be renewed so that you can get the queen mother's jewels too. It's not too late for you. It's not too late for you. It's not too late for anyone. And I know today that there are mothers rejoicing Hallelujah. Not because they're hearing any of this. They might not even be a part of this broadcast right now, 
but there are mothers who have been praying for their children. There have been there are mothers who have been praying for their husbands, and I hear rejoicing in the land right now. If I can just speak prophetically right now, He's going to turn your mourning into dancing. He's going to turn sorrow into joy. You're about to put on a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness because joy is coming to your house. There is a Redeemer who is revising the story for your loved ones. Ah, glory to God. Maybe you were, hallelujah, you said, well, I was in a position and I didn't share wise sayings with my son. I didn't give him what he needed. Guess what? Hallelujah. Thank God that he is here right now in you. We're all glory to God. You're in the presence of the one, hallelujah, who will give you the way, the keys to be able to pray from this moment forth for that child and get you in a place where you can speak words of wisdom. It's not too late. If, you if you're lamenting because you don't think you were the good mother giving the good sayings, if you're lamenting because you didn't listen when the good mother was giving the good sayings and telling, giving you some advice that you really should have heeded, it's not too late for you. We're on this side of the cross, and God wants to do a new thing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He wants to do a new thing. He wants to do a new thing in relationships. He wants to do a new thing in families. Hallelujah. Mother in Zion, your prayer is not in vain. Hallelujah. Those grandchildren will serve God in the name of Jesus. Your words have not fallen on deaf ears. And yes, maybe the will of these children is to do something else and you can't control that. But I'm telling you, trust God because he's able to do a new thing in your children, in your family. There is hope today for anyone who is broken. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Whoever you are, listen to wisdom when it's speaking. And I believe wisdom is speaking right now. You don't have to accept with defeat anything going on in your family or in your life. You have the word of God and you can choose wisdom. You can choose life and you can yield yourself to be good ground for a miracle. He is doing it and I know he will do it in you and for you. So I want to thank God for all of the mothers here and everywhere and every day doing their part to impart wisdom, to be that example, not for the sake of what she can get out of it or how it makes her look or for how it represents her brand or for fame or fortune, but to the glory of God the Father for the sake of a legacy. She can laugh at the future because of her faith and her faithfulness today because she knows that her Redeemer lives, because she knows that the miracle worker is still working miracles and able to do exceeding abundantly above all she could ever ask or think according to the power that works in her. So once again, I want to say happy Mother's Day. Bless you. Be blessed. We love you. Hope no matter whoever you are, you got something out of this. We're going to pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, 
You are worthy of all of our praise. Our eyes are on you. Our attention is on you. Our ears are inclined even right now to your wisdom and to your truth. Lead us, Holy Spirit, in the way that we should go. And no matter how we got here to this day, from this point forward, we are going to follow your leading, your instruction, the counsel of your word. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for every mother who is listening right now, who is watching right now, who is praying with us right now. I pray that they would have a blessed day. I pray, God, that the prayers that only you and they know about, Lord, that you would grant them, that you would grant petitions today, that you would demonstrate your power today, that this would be the best Mother's Day they've had to date because they saw this day your faithfulness and they saw your hand moving and working on their behalf. Father, I pray for everyone who's listening to this message, whether they're a mother or not. I pray, Father, that even though some of the things may have been hard to hear, God, that they would do what needs to be done to preserve the legacy that you called them to, to take their place as the leader or the influencer that you called them to be. God, and we thank you for this time we've had together. Lord, let every person go in peace toward your will, toward your calling, and that they may get wisdom as the principal thing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. That concludes this week's message, and thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His Word. God bless you.